This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Right, hello again and welcome to the closing overs of this Football League uh, one season and to the latest pod from the Shrimpnet. Thank you for listening. Uh, as we approach the last two weekends, uh, as usual, the Shrimps are keeping it all uh, all on our, our toes and making it, as usual, very interesting. Joining us to discuss the victory at the Valley and the Crunch final home game with Lincoln uh, we have long-time Radio Likes commentator and long-time MFC programme editor, Derek Quinn. Quinny, thanks for joining us. No problems. So uh, where do we start? Well, obviously, um, we, we said two weeks ago, it doesn't matter what happens with other teams, we have to win all four games. And so we had four cup finals and we're two cup finals down. So uh, as one fan kindly put it, we're in the quarters... You know, we're in the we're in the last thirty-two. We need to get the last. Sorry, the last sixteen. We need to get to the last eight. We've just done that, haven't we? We're in the last four now. We just need to beat Lincoln, beat Exeter, and hope things go for us. But uh, beating Charlton at the Valley, second season running by the same scoreline, Joel, uh, you couldn't write it, could you? Yeah, and I mean, not quite the same score development throughout the uh, throughout the game. Obviously, that Charlton equalised this year. They didn't equalise last year, but to, to be 3-1 up and then concede a goal pretty much bang on 80 minutes like we did last year and make the last 10 minutes properly freaky. Uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was a bit tricky watching the updates for that, I can't lie. But, I mean, actually, quickly on that game, actually, I was I was shamefully, I, I was at the Giant Acts. I, 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 I had a, a family thing on the, the Saturday night that had already been planned. So, uh, actually, actually quit, quitty, quitty, I'd have gone... <laughs> 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 terrible but you know uh, so I was there and then I spotted another another couple of Morgan fans well actually they spotted me in the crowd and we were shouting uh, updates to each other across the giant X, uh, across the giant X stand so while in, we were in, in between shouts of Geisley Geisley yeah, yeah. <laughs> in between shouting Geisley we were kind of jumping up and going get in there Stockton which I would say is a dangerous thing to do at the Giant Acts, but there the, the simply aren't enough fans there to make it dangerous. Anyway, that's what I'm doing for you. But, <laughs> like, but, uh, but no, yeah, just the last 10 minutes were very tense, but I've watched the game back, obviously, and yeah, it was really impressive how just kind of, just at it we were. The way we kind of pursued the game in the first kind of 10, 15, well, actually, in the, in the entirety of the first half, the kind of, the intensity we showed, I think we spoke after the Portsmouth game. Well, obviously we only drew, but we were really happy with the intensity that we showed to really battle with Portsmouth. And we felt it was an intensity that we not really shown much away from home all, uh, at all this season. And then we opted and, and we did that against that similar kind of intensity against, uh, against Charlton and then given a little leg up by Stockton seemingly very, very G'd up by his last-minute winner in front of the barter card against Wickham, banging it in from 30 yards. But not not only that, I think with Stockton, 
the, the headlines, the goals, obviously. And, and yeah, they, they are quite some goals, aren't they? But at the same time, I, I can't, the thing I like to focus on is his all-round target man play, which was, particularly in the first half, absolutely exceptional. The way he took his first touches and held people off. He fought defenders for the ball, like Michael Hector, who was, who was a top-end championship defender a few, few years ago. He's bullying him. The, yeah, the first touches were sublime, the way he brought others into play. But then doing that and then turn around, look look for the run, get into the area. Where can I, where can I pull the defence about? Where can I get into scoring areas? Or where can I make space for other people? You know, that, that, all that part of his game, it was there. And obviously, the little back heels and the nutmegs, lovely to see. So... When he does that kind of thing, obviously he's got a better chance of scoring, but as a whole, the team has a better chance of scoring because he's able to bring us up the pitch and get us set up there. And it was, yeah, it was fantastic to see. I'm really, really impressive. So really pleased with that. Hopefully he's able to carry it on. And just, just from the team as a whole, you know, Crowley looks like Derek's kind of found a nice little formula with Crowley and Weir kind of interchanging from number 10 to the wing. Uh, who are making a couple of nice runs forward. Gibson and Oscarfield doing that kind of very solid job in midfield, but they're also able to progress the ball a bit. It, it's really good. We're really happy with it. Rawson and Bedell forming that good partnership, Line and Gazelle, Cat and Dog, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, and then you got Ripley to back up on. So yeah, it feels like we find a bit of a formula. We've got some momentum. So hopefully it's it's something that's able to carry us through to the end of the season. I, I take everything you said about Cole there, and you're absolutely right, but um, it's been a rare appearance from that that version of Cole, hasn't it, Quinny? Yeah, I mean, he was he was on it last week. I mean, Joel mentioned the, the little duel with Hector. Now, obviously, I was there and not at the Giant Axe, so I was watching a lot of Oscar <laughs> And him and Hector were, were having little battles off the ball for ages, and Cole was standing right up to him. And I don't think Hector's used to that. He's a big lad. You know, he's played at a high level. I think it was a four million quid signing from Reading from che- from Chelsea, Chelsea signing for four million at one time. Yeah. He scored that goal, which he's been, you know, unfortunately he's not got as many as those this year because he got them left, right, and centre last year. But that was Cole back at his best. And as you say, Joe, I think buoyed by that last minute winner against Wickham, which was tremendous. And you could see the whole of Morecambe there right behind him and the whole Morecambe team and Cole just spurred everyone on and he was right up for last week and it was a, just a fantastic performance again that goal 10 minutes from time just you know it's just more what we do isn't it we just don't make things easy for ourselves you know a, a grey area uh, watching more that's just for watching Morecambe at least you've got it eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it was just a great win and two great weeks and you know it's a hope that kills you but Oh, if they could just carry on that on Saturday, that would be tremendous against what's going to be a hopefully a sellout and a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, looking at looking at the game, um, and, uh, and we were watching it on iFollow, and there was a group of us watching it. We got together, and um, I'm I'm being perfectly honest here. I spent the first six seven minutes of the game um, talking about Cole. And saying, you know, it'd be great if he turned up and he did this, and then, you know, uh, you know, it, it was good that he scored that goal last week. But where's he been all season? And blah blah blah, and blah, blah, blah. and then he did what he did, and it was like, and that's, I think, I think it's important to mention the importance of so many games this season. We've had the chances and not taken them to score the first goal, and particularly away from home, 
we've always got a goal down early on. So it makes a massive difference going a goal up early on, Joel. Yeah, I think... Look, I'll be, I'll be honest, with our chances, we've actually outshot our expected goals, I think. So I'm not <laughs> sure we can... Uh, it's not, it. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was wondering how long it was going to take me to drop a bit of XG in there. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I think what we've failed to do at times though this season, particularly actually in this kind of little... The, the the kind of bad run we had before we've kind of turned it around in recent years. We've had a lot of we've had some decent play getting towards the opposition's final third, but it's been around there that we've not really had the kind of thrust and movement and ingenuity to really open teams up. I don't think we've really had that for a while since Phillips has departed because his his movement in the final third and the way he linked up was really, really important and that helped make those openings and we've not had that for a bit of a while I think we've been trying to find a new formula with fitting Weir and Crowley in and now Stockton kind of really opened it this past game has, has helped with that but like you say I think at the same time yeah it, it's an attacking thing but also it's a defending thing we've got to make sure that we're solid and we and we don't just kind of have soft goals that we concede because that, that that's happened a few times I mean look at Barnsley obviously it was always going to be tough at Barnsley but it's not easy when you kind of concede a bit of a cheap free kick at the edge of, on the edge of your area, and then don't track your man, uh, track your runner for the rebound from the free kick. You know, it just makes an easy goal and sets you off to a bit of a bad tempo, and it's frustrating because it just takes the sting out of the game. It relaxes the opposition; they can kind of play their yeah. game a bit more. They don't have to force the issue as much. They can maybe pick you. They, you they can let that you, know, you come onto them and then pick a few little holes that you might leave at the back. Whereas keeping it tight, either keeping it tight or yourselves getting that early goal, it's it's a big thing. But I think it's probably worth actually following on from that. Uh, something that, that Derek's kind of mentioned, uh, I, I noticed this week in in, in the visit in, in the Guardian uh, about the fact that we're holding on to these because I think we we dropped something. I think Opta released the stat. I think we in the since like this, oh god, I can't remember what it is, but we've dropped a lot of points in winning positions. Uh, in the past couple of seasons, so yeah, it, it, it's massive to be able to hold on to that as well. So it, what 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 you're saying is you you disagree with what I said, but then you're agreeing with what I said, really. <laughs> yeah, I, there's I a like bit of disagreement, that was, but like it. it's the specifics because I'm yeah, I, you know I'm like yeah. these, I'm, I mean, I'm pernickety yeah, and annoying. Have, so. mean, <laughs> I just I just look at games. I mean, and it's pertinent because I look at games like Lincoln away, and Lincoln away we had a couple of chances. And didn't take them, and then Lincoln scored, and then. In fairness, I think Lincoln away they scored in the first six or seven minutes. They, yeah, but they, we, they just we, battered we, us, we, and then it was to get the equaliser. The that game we again, we had a, we had a chance on, on three four first first attack. We had a chance and didn't take it, and it's just like they score, and that's my point. Yeah, and it, it does make such a difference because you know, and and the one thing I'll say, and I agree with you, we've given away soft goals. I thought both the Charlton goals Saturday were soft, really soft. Both preventable, uh, and it's strange because we sat watching it, and uh, immediately the, the knee-jerk reaction was everybody in the room was, "Ah, oh, Cooney, he's lost his man," and it wasn't. It was Faz. The guy peeled off and went round the back, and Faz just didn't go with him. Yeah, um, was it was it the first one? It was Ratsaki, wasn't it? Because yeah. he, he'd been playing on the right, and I think what he'd done is he'd been playing on the right and then he'd come across more towards the left-hand side. He drove forward yeah. with the ball and then coming in from that side, I think it was just one of those where a man kind of, 
you know, he, he's Suarez man on the right on 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 that wing. But then when he moves yeah. off that wing, whose man does he then become? Yeah, that's right. You, you got to say fair play. It's good movement. It, it's oh, what it you is. Try it and, is. But, but like you say, you know, being able to. It was it was a poor goal to give away, and I thought Fraser's goal was a poor goal to give away because, um, you know, we were in a situation where it was it was clearable, but we immediately got tried to go goal side, and all he did was pull it back to him, and all of a sudden he's in he's got half a yard of space, and it was a good finish. I've no complaints, but uh, as usual, it was squeaky bum time for the last ten minutes, and when he held up six minutes, um, that was the longest six minutes of my life. That Derek, I don't know what you were like in the commentary box. No, the longest few minutes of any life was Coventry away. <laughs> Five years no, ago. Well, no, well, no, to be fair, and I, I will I will say this, Coventry away, I was doing commentary that day, and basically I said, if you're watching at home, basically both sides have got a gentleman's agreement. They shook hands with 20 minutes left and nobody went near each other. Um, that was that. What about the time when uh, at Wembley, when... Uh, when Bobby Madley blew the whistle for our side or something like that, and we thought, and we all it thought, the... it, yeah. And then the, the thirty seconds after that, he gave for he gave for the free kick to be lobbed into the area. That yeah. was a pretty horrific moment. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's a good point. So we'll move on. Um, it, it's it's kept us in the mix. Um, what we were hoping for midweek was obviously uh, uh, Cheltenham to do as a favour at Oxford and Bolton maybe to do as a favour, but in a backwards way. Uh, Accrington winning there has probably given them hope, which, looking at who they play on Saturday, Cambridge, means that if they beat Cambridge, Cambridge stay below us. If we can beat Lincoln, we stay above Aki. So it probably is good for us. But um, a, a, a viewer who shall remain nameless said Cheltenham were absolutely, utterly appalling and on the beach against Oxford. And uh, that person called it 5-0 after 10 minutes when it was still 0-0 and it turned out to be 4-0. Uh, but like I say, they shall remain nameless. It was one of them where, you know, sooner or later, it was going to go against us and make it even tougher, Joel. Yeah, I, I was on a podcast last night with, with an Oxford fan and he put it uh, a bit more delicately that it looked like Cheltenham were just going to sit back and play for a point. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, look, Oxford's... I've been keeping an eye on Oxford, obviously, over the last few weeks and under Manning... The results have improved. They've not got the win, but Manning's first game was against us. I don't think they looked up to much, but they ground out for a point. They took the lead early on. Since Manning's took taken over, they've lost. They've lost one, two, three, uh, two out of seven games, which is a is an improvement. They they'd only drawn the rest until last night, but they'd lost two out of seven. I, I was looking at the underlying numbers. They were looking decent. They were really unlucky to lose against Bolton. Uh, the bottom's keeper should have been sent off that day. Uh, they were quite unlucky to draw against Portsmouth. The Portsmouth goal was a was a worldly free kick from twenty five yards. You know they've they've gotten a good draw against Sheffield Wednesday. They've done all right these last few weeks, and you kind of felt with the Cheltenham side you might well have been on the beach, and it sounds like they were. And then obviously yeah. Forest Green coming up on Saturday. So if they hadn't got the win last night, you you think they're probably going to get it this weekend. I think with those these these fixtures coming up and, and the improvement they've had under Manning, you just kind of think, you know what, I think they might pull away. And while it's yeah, it, it's nice to have them down there. I'd like to hope to have hoped that they could have stayed down there. And we could have dragged them into it a bit more. Out of all the teams around us, they were the ones who were always probably going to pull away. So while it's frustrating on that front that they've pulled away, at the same time, it doesn't 
re, it's not really thrown me off too much because I kind of expected them to anyway. I didn't really have hold much hope of us catching them. But looking at the Accrington result at uh, at Bolton, that was a bit unexpected, Quinny. But I mean, it's great for them because it's kept them in the mix. It was unexpected, yeah. I think unexpected for them as well because they've, they've really struggled. You know, I think they've admitted to two Coley's interviews. You know, they they give everything, but they've not got a great deal. But they they performed, pulled it out there on on you know on Tuesday night. But I'll just go join Oxford and MK Dons, Cheltenham. I think. This is what annoys me a little bit this year is I think some of those teams that are bottom, they're no better than us. No. Or better team than us. I don't think Port Vale are a better team than us or better squad of players than us. And talking of how games could have gone either way, we're talking one or two points end of the year. I spoke to Faz this week and we were looking at, oh, point here, point there, what a difference. Max Melbourne hitting the crossbar and then 30 seconds later, Port Vale going up the field and scoring the only goal of an awful, awful game. You know, yeah. Boxing. Some of our worst performances away have been against, you know, some of the poorest teams. I mean, MK Dons, that's the worst MK Dons team I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, we've mm. lost three times against them this year without a goal scored. And, and that those sort of games are the ones that, you see for Wednesdays, you, they're, they're, they're a different league than us. It, it's those games. And as you say, Cheltenham, I, I think Cheltenham are one of the worst teams I've seen. Well, we beat them at home, but yeah, we again, we've we, 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 another 1-0 away. It was one nil away, and we had chances. Um, and didn't they on? To be fair, actually, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say we had many chances at Cheltenham away. I thought Cheltenham away was our worst performance in the season. By I think what Cheltenham did when we played them is they they sit back and they yeah. say break us down, and we're not very good at that because we want to go. No, you break us down, and then we'll hit you on the counter. Uh, but and that, they and that's exactly what they did to us. Isn't yeah, it? that's what they did to us, and we and we really really struggled and. And I think, but but Kieran Phillips did it at the bar. <laughs> he did it at the bar very late on, but I, I I thought that was a bit of he worked that for himself. I don't think it was yeah. necessary that we did a great deal to create chances as a team. But what I think what what's happened with Cheltenham basically in the last few months, they've got a relatively solid defence, if a bit uninspiring as a team. I don't think they're any yeah. better than us, apart from Alfie May just switched it on for about two or three months. Like you've seen the goals he scored against Peterborough, is it? And some of the other goals he scored when they were against Fleetwood, absolutely unbelievable. And that's what that's what's turned it around for them, really. Yeah, this year, what cost lots of us from Walker last year, hasn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And in fairness, Alfie May had a good year last year as well. And I think he's been injured for a lot of this season, but he's he's turned it round since he's come back from injury. Well, his his form's dramatically improved since Connor lifted him up and took him out of the way during the uh, the Mizuma game. Maybe he just needs to have a little bit of a talking to. Yeah, well, (laughs) if you work it out, um, I I think Alfie May would class that as altitude training. So uh, I think it's done him some good. (laughs) 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 So. Moving on, um, good news about the Lincoln game. Party card sold out. Um, uh, I, I've yet, I've yet to believe that every seat in the uh, in the stand is sold out because we've been sold out about three times this season, and there's still two hundred seats left. So I don't know how that works. But I mean, you know, if people decide to buy a season ticket for a kid and not take them, that's a bit crazy. But it is crunch time against Lincoln. Uh, we go back to the Lincoln game. Uh, we lost sort of two one. Um, they they they've they've been up and down, but on a decent run until losing um, in in the last week, Joel. Yeah, I was actually on this podcast last night with a Lincoln and a Burton fan, and it doesn't sound like it was an inspiring game, uh, which I didn't really expect it to be. <laughs> with the two kind of mid-table teams, nothing much to play for. 
Burton a pretty tough grind at home. Yeah, Inter- fl- flicking, like- through, flicking through the Jet 2 brochures. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Thinking about what takeaway you might order later or something like that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds like it was a pretty uninspiring game. Lincoln, they're tough to break down. I think I think we know that they've, they've gone to home part. They've they've taken they've taken the lead on the break after about 15, 20 minutes. They've held it all game and gone a second goal up. That that's really hard to do, especially at home part. They were great side Plymouth, but especially at home, they're really, really good. Mm. So to be able to do that, that you know, you know what they're gonna get them with them, that they're gonna be tough to break down. I think what we need to avoid doing is we need to make sure that they I thought what they did really well against us. Uh, in back in November was it? Uh, they yeah. just came out of the blocks really, really quickly, and yeah. they made sure they got in our faces and they got that early goal. I think it was a rebound from a free kick or something. But just doing, you know, they got the free kick because of the pressure and the territory they had. I think Connor had already pulled off a couple of good saves. I think they basically kind of got in our faces, got that early goal, and then sat back, made themselves hard to break down. I know we had that short corner routine that we probably should have scored from, but. Yeah. Aside from that, they were hard to break down, and we struggled to kind of turn a lot of territory in the final third into proper chances. But you'd like to think that maybe they might not quite be on the gas as much. Hopefully, keeping your thing, keeping my fingers crossed. Um, you never know what teams are going to turn. Do you remember Burton when they turned up last year? Uh, and, we, and we beat them three 0 They were just diabolical because they were just on the beach and and you know it's a bit unpredictable with those kind of things hopefully lincoln will be the same but at the end of the day if we turn up with a similar intensity to the one we that to that we have against against charlton last week uh i think we'll have a pretty good chance and we'll be able to get them and if we can get that lead you know they're not great they haven't got them quite the sharpest attack and if we can get that lead you know they're going to think, oh, for God's sake, and, you know, end of the season, nothing to play for. It might just give us that little bit of momentum to hopefully build throughout the match. But yeah, You don't, you don't want to be getting an injury, and, and you don't want to be getting an injury doing some daft tackle exactly. uh, at Morecambe, the way, where you have to cancel your summer holiday and, and go in and do physio or something. Exactly. Idea, really. Think about, think about go, you know, Marbella yeah. with the, the wife and kids. Come on, that's what yeah, you've got to think exactly. about. <laughs> Um, but a similar a similar intensity would be good, Quinny. First 10, 15 minutes, I thought we pressed, pressed really well at Charlton. And I'm not suggesting we go gung-ho, but um, that sort of high press and willingness to sort of close down, uh, obviously we were, you know, that, that's how Cole came about scoring because he was, he was running around, intercepting balls and smashed one in from 30 yards. Um, I get the feeling that it might be a tense affair Saturday with a with a what's going to be nearly a full house, Derek. Yeah, I mean they did press. They pressed really well. And I said to Derek after the game, it was like the Salford game, you know, the away game a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, two last hundred goals, but uh, we pressed them from the start. We were tremendous. We stopped them playing. Did that against Charlton? I think because we let them play when they beat us four one a few weeks ago. We let them yeah. play too much. Derek took that on board, and uh, they were totally different on Saturday. And, you know, they got one after seven minutes. Half an hour was nearly in for a second three minutes later. And we're all over them. And that's, that intensity was fantastic. And you know, it might be a different game Saturday, you know, but it will be a full house. And all the fans will be right behind them. I was speaking to fans for the programme this week and he was saying, when the fans get right behind you, it makes such a big difference because it's so tight, the atmosphere there. You know, it only takes three or 4,000 to make a real supporters uh, sort of cold and uh, to, to back you. And he loves it. And that's what they're hoping for on Saturday. I'm sure they're going to get it as well. It's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a nervous game. But again, 
I think if we get the first goal, that would hopefully just calm everyone down and then uh, and go from there, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I, I, again, it, it, I can't stress enough that the, the the difference in us scoring the first goal would immediately get the crowd on right behind them. Uh, and then after that, every tackle you make, every interception, every every catch that Connor makes, every you know, every every clearance that goes out for throwing in their half, everybody be clapping and right behind them. And and you're right, it, it can make a massive difference for the from the simple fact that um the, the players will get the feeling that well we, we might have four and a half thousand here behind us, but we do make quite a bit of a noise, Joel. Or or do you just rattle your jewellery in the cheap seats? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I'll be I'll be politely applauding a, a crunching tackle from uh, from Ryan Keeney or something. But uh, yeah, like you say, like when you said, you know, when it's when it's that tight knit ground, it, it when and when you pack it out, it really does make a noise. I mean, you know, we, some of the grounds we go to this season, they MK Dons, you know, it's massive. It's like what 25,000 seats, but they barely get seven thousand in there, and it's just a bit like, ugh. I mean, lovely padded seats, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is nice, but. But you know you're just there, and it's just a bit, well, a bit flat. Whereas, you know, when when the museum is really rocking, you can really feel it. And and to, and to an extent, I've enjoyed it when we've packed out the away end with away fans because yeah. it's it, you know just, you get this back and forth end to end. Obviously, that's not going to be the case this Saturday because we've got, we're going to have home fans in that end, which even better. Uh, I know Lincoln. I think they're pretty much sold out their allocation. The seats, yeah, it's excellent. Six hundred fifty. Yeah, their last last away game of the season. Look, it's a, it's a fast driving from or get, getting from Lincoln to Malkin, but they're packing it out. They'll be in good spirits. Fast getting from Lincoln to just about anywhere. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> Lincoln's just one of those places. It's a bit of a fast to get to and from, but you know that they'll be. I'd like to think they'll be in good spirits, but not that bothered about winning. <laughs> you get me? And yeah. hopefully that'll yeah. bleed into the team. But I think it's interesting talking about like being intense and getting that first goal because it's, it's such a hard balance to kind of get because you want to be intense and you want to get out of them and you want to get that first goal so you can build that momentum at the same time knowing the kind of team that Lincoln are and how good they can be on the break and how good they are at holding on to leads you do just want to be careful you don't want to overstep the mark no. where you just let where you let them get that lead and they think aha we're going to turn up and upset the day here because I'll be honest if I was in their position I, I wouldn't mind upsetting a team and when you get the goal ahead, yeah. like, oh, this is quite fun isn't it just kind of like booting everything out of play and wasting time it's kind of fun isn't it but uh yeah so you don't want to be letting them get into that position but at the same time you need to be providing that intensity so it's a it's a difficult balance to strike but with with the form that Derek and the team are in at the minute you know you, you back them to you know be able to kind of manage that situation and hopefully they will the one thing I want to touch on is obviously two two weeks ago in the Wickham game um wasn't really that much of a uh, it was a crunch game we needed to win it to put ourselves in a position to be where we are today last week at Charlton nobody expected us really to go there and win although the team obviously had a plan and Derek's plan worked um we talked about it before the kickoff last week and if results had gone against us last week which they didn't last Saturday uh, and we hadn't have won at Charlton if they had gone against us and we'd lost at Charlton there was every chance that we could have been relegated. And that still stands this Saturday, Derek, in the fact that if results go against us and we don't don't beat Lincoln, we could find ourselves actually relegated. And as uh, Mark Swindlehurst, our, our uh, lovely matchday announcer, pointed out, he said, I'd rather get relegated away at Exeter 
uh, having a go than at home in front of the home crowd in front of the Mazuma. What do you think about that, Derek? Yeah, totally makes sense, doesn't it? You know, you would yeah. want uh, vision for all the fans to see. I mean, that's all we want. That's all we to win both the games and we've got every chance. But yeah, I won't, if it's going to happen, then definitely away from home, especially 350 miles away next year, somewhere down there. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I wouldn't want it to be at the Mizuma. You want the good times at the Mizuma and if there are bad times, you want them away from home. That makes yeah. Sense. And I, and I, I think it was a fair point that, that Swid's made there, and I and I sort of we all sort of nodded sagely. But obviously, sometimes you, you can't always get what you want, Joel. Um, I mean, a win would certainly keep us in the mix, and the right result between Accrington and Cambridge. But again, it's been out of our hands now. For we've known the last four fixtures that other teams are going to play each other, and there's no way you know there's. Accrington or Cambridge are going to get points. In fact, they both might get a point. Um, so it is going to be tricky. Um, I'm pretty sure that people on Saturday are going to be... Uh, I mean, I stood next to uh, to a couple of people against Wickham and uh, they were just look, glued to the phones the whole time looking at what was going on, not in the Premier League, not in the Championship, but in League One. They just kept refreshing the pages. And I was like, look, just don't worry about it. We've got to win this. It doesn't matter. And I'll be the same on Saturday. I won't, I'll be trying not to look at my phone. But um, it is difficult not to get embroiled in the whole thing, Joel, isn't it? Yeah, it is tricky. I think, I mean, it's a funny one this Saturday because I think it'd be, it'd be lovely if Forest Green beat Oxford. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if they at least take a couple of points of them. Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be lovely. I think the ones I'm going to be watching out for are the MK Dons and Barnsley game and, and obviously the Aki Cambridge game because we need to catch MK Dons. Saturday, you'd think, would be the best opportunity to do it because they've got Barnsley at home. Obviously, there's there's a school of thought that, say, Barnsley, they've got the playoffs in a few weeks. They might want to chill and relax and not kind of burn too much energy. At the same time, I think if you look at our playoff campaign, the thing that carried us through is I think we've won six out of our last seven games of something daft like that or five out of our last six and the only one we lost was when Mello was sent off but, uh, against Bolton and, Bolton yeah yeah and and that momentum I, I remember just looking back at the playoff campaign a, a lot of what happened there was we didn't really we didn't dazzle anybody with any particularly good football we just kind of ground out wins because that's what you have to do at that point of the season in playoffs and having that winning habit it's important and you'd think that Michael Duff will He's, he's a good manager and he'll want to drill that into his players that, you know, they've had that defeat on Tuesday night against Ipswich. You kind of got to say fair enough, Ipswich is an absolutely brilliant side. And they don't want to let that derail them. They don't want to just teeter out their no. season and kind of go into the into the playoffs in bad form. They want to build up that momentum again. They want to build up those winning habits. So I'd like to think that they'll be at it. I'd like to think that Adam Phillips will be looking on from afar and thinking, I've got to do, I've got to do it for the Shrimps. Uh, but, but yeah, I think looking at that, I'd like, yeah, there's a good chance that Barnsley might win that one. And if we win against Lincoln and Barnsley win, then we go above MK Dons and it's in our hands against MK Dons. Now, the other one is obviously Accrington versus Cambridge. And while on paper, well, initially, Accrington beating Bolton looks like a bit of a grim thing for us. It, it, it's actually worked out really quite nicely because we, we, we need Cambridge not to catch us. Accrington yeah. can't catch us if we win both our games. Unless they manage to overturn six or seven goal difference or whatever it is, they can't catch us. So 
if we win both our games, obviously. So we could we could do with them beating Cambridge because if Cambridge lose on Saturday and we win, they can't catch us. No. Because the way that if, if we win both our games. So it'd be yeah, I I'd I'd love to see Barnsley win and Accrington win and us win, obviously. Purely because that would then put it in our hands going to the final game. I'd like to not be sit I, I'd like to go to Exeter and be able to think, right, we just we need to win. We don't need to yeah. think about anything else. We need to win. Yeah. I'd love that to happen. It might not happen. I've got a feeling that Cambridge versus Accrington is just going to be this manic high scoring draw for some reason. I think, you know, you know what Accrington like, they're just going to gun for it a lot of the time. And Cambridge of Sam Smith there is there is hitting a bit of form. He's grooving a little bit again. So yeah. I kind of feel it's going to be something daft like 3 uh, 3, which wouldn't be the, the end of the world. But I think Accrington beating Cambridge, that'd be really, really handy. And also, it would open up things up for us to relegate Accrington on goal difference on the final day, which would be just very funny. <laughs> You're evil. <laughs> <laughs> Quinny, Quinny couldn't possibly comment because uh, he, he's obviously. Uh, not biased at all because he, he's a Malcolm Malcolm commentator on Radio Langton, Radio Langton cover accuracy. So that's right, Quinny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I only think about Malcolm. I'm not worried about anyone else. No, <laughs> and I'm the same. And I, to be honest, I, I, we could sit here and wax wax lyrical about what we need to do at Exeter, but it, it, it doesn't matter a jot at the moment because we've got to concentrate on beating Lincoln, haven't we? That's it. You know, that, that's the, the challenge ahead of us. You know. It's our next cup final. There's four. We had four cup finals. We've won two of them. Now we're on the next one, and it, it sounds a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. And uh, we've just got to get the three points anyhow we can. I'd love to do it. I'd love to get a penalty, 89th minute penalty. I would. What? I would what's, what, what's one of them? It's time for us to get a penalty this year because the penalties we've not been given. I just, you know, I can think there's, there's probably seven or eight, eighty percenters. Three or four hundred percenters that we've not been given. I know I sound like a bit of a broken record. No, no, no. Quinny, they've been mentioned on here. And the one thing that I have said time and again when we've had a penalty turned down is that when you watch the Football League highlights on ITV, in our division, the same weekend, there have been two or three that were softer that top teams, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Derby. Derby have had eight penalties. And I don't think one of them's been a bloody penalty yet. Well, Derby have had four against us in two games, you know? Yeah. And yeah. You know, I don't think that's by accident. No. Uh, yeah. Something in the psyche of some of the officials, they, they will deny that. I know they will because the cows come home. But there's something in the psyche that Ipswich had two against us in one game, Derby have had four against us. That's, that's six penalties against us in three games with Derby and Ipswich. That doesn't come by coincidence. But that's another thing. We can't go long about it too long. But the penalties that we've not had, I mean, I'll say two of them have been, three of them have been absolutely horrendous decisions not to be given. The rest of them, I would have wanted them. and I would have, I would have expected them to be given against us, but they weren't. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, I know after after speaking with some of the lads, um, they they all thought there was a definite, definite pen on coal at Plymouth when we... We'd uh, we'd just pull one back, and then th- about a minute later, Cole was like taken, you know, taken, and they reckon that was a penalty. But there you go; these things happen. Well, we I haven't had one. Yet. one. It, it, it yeah. would take it anyway. <laughs> I thought there was one against Charlton in the first fifteen minutes. I thought Faz was brought down in the box before they scored. Really? Now, could have made a massive decision. Yeah, you might not remember that one, but I spoke, I spoke to Faz this week, and I said, "Was that a penalty on you?" He said, "Well, he did pull me down, but 
I'll never get them. They never give them against me. No, he, he looks too big and scary to give penalties. Well, that's what he said. He said, I'm too, <laughs> I think I'm too big and scary to, 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 to do that. But, you know, it looks a clear penalty to me. And you probably won't even have spotted it. Because if they have a conversation with Faz for five minutes, they really they realise he's actually not big and scary at all. He's lovely. No, he's a cuddly, <laughs> he's a cuddly bear, isn't he? Bless him. Bear, yeah. Um, so we've we've done Lincoln. Um and uh, I just you know, the only thing I can do is encourage everybody to turn up, get behind the team. Um we can just do what we can do, we can't do any more. Um Quinny, I I've I've asked twice and got blank a blank stare back, and I did this last week uh, on the podcast. But um, they're not they're not saying it. But we said last week we think Adam Mayer's not coming back this season. He's he's in some sort of boot. But the the, the club are denying that, and I'm not trying to you know it's just like you know what what's going on with the injuries because he's he's um, he's been missed, hasn't he? He's not been missed that much. We've won two games without him. Well, yeah, true, but he still has been missed because he's, he's 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 been he's been brilliant. He's been tremendous. Uh, exactly. I saw exactly. him with a boot on against Wickham. He wasn't yeah. there sweet that I could see. So I was told it was just a precaution against Wickham. So that's what he, I was told. He's fit for Saturday. He'll probably be only for the bench because I don't think they'll they'd look at changing the winning team that much. No. But what a substitute to have if he does come off the bench? Because yeah, yeah, I hope so. He's, star. Yeah. he's an absolute star that lad, and he's come from nowhere. And you know, I love him to bits. I love his enthusiasm. I love the fact he doesn't care who's playing in front of twenty five thousand get Derby at his age. Because if that was me, I'd have been as nervous as hell and had jelly legs coming on the pitch, and it didn't, just didn't bother him at all. So hopefully, he could come on. He could be the hero because that would be a nice little story. Well, the only thing I'll say is the one thing that we've learned about Adam is he's, he's, he's got a fantastic head on his shoulders. He's way beyond his years, isn't he? Yes, he's got a tremendous left foot as well. Uh, yeah, which is uh, always handy, always handy in this division. But, uh, you know, so um, we'll look forward to Saturday. Everybody get behind them. Um, we can't do any more. Um, I want to talk to you a bit now, Quinny. Um, uh, how long? Uh, now, am, am I right in thinking you, you you took over doing Radio Lanks when we got in the conference? Is that right? It was the first game in the conference, so it's about twenty eight years now, and it was all because someone didn't turn up. That day, Len Chinnery didn't Len turn Chinnery. up. Len Chinnery, yeah, Len Chinnery. For some reason, he just didn't turn up. And the guy I have orders now on Sky Sports asked me if I'd do it, and I hated it for about two years. I hated every minute of it, every second of it. I used to come out in cold sweats every time they came to me. Uh, but over the last twenty-eight years, I've sort of got used to it. And uh, but yeah, I've done it a long time, hoping to uh, to get the twenty-ninth year in League One. So yeah, I, I was hoping you were going to say I've been doing it for twenty-eight years and I've hated it for twenty-seven and a half. But it's all right. Now. <laughs> Um, it's a strange one, isn't it, really? Because obviously we've come all the way from the conference as as fans uh, and obviously uh, been fortunate to do the I Follow commentary with you for about 12 seasons uh, where we shared a lot of lifts and had a lot of laughs. And uh, I know you have um, a, a, a love of people leaning on shovels on the motorway when there's a, a contraflow, don't you? <laughs> oh, I do, I do. How's that for when it fix that guy with a wooden brush? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was like, because I was thinking, oh, it's, it's mild-mannered Derek Quinn, and if everybody could see you swearing at people on the motorway, what's he doing? What's he doing? <laughs> it, it's nice to know you've got enough. Because the strange thing is, 
And, and I've always said this, we were quite lucky on the iFollow thing because we could sort of get away with a lot more than you can on Radio Lang. So I think sometimes on the, on the journeys there, you were getting your anger out, venting it at people, <laughs> leaning on shovels rather than a poor defensive display. <laughs> when you ask my wife anything about roadworks, I think she, <laughs> the steam valve is off. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, You've seen some changes. Obviously, you've been editing the programme for a, a thousand years as well, haven't you? Well, yeah, and I think people sort of forget as well. I've been, I've been doing a visitor for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. My first season, we won the uh, promotion from the Northern Premier League to the conference. So that's even a season back beyond that. So so, that, that's, so it's all down to you then? Well, I, I, want, I didn't want to say that. You, you said it for me, so thanks for that, please. Uh, <laughs> I, I that. But yeah, my first season, the first game away was, was Buxton away, first game. Oh, we won 2 0. Yeah, uh, and that was my first game for the visitor. So I've been doing it more or less full time for, for 30 years. Love it. It's the best. It's now a hobby as such. It's the best hobby in the world. Uh, you know, I've been so, so lucky. I've seen so many things to be at Wembley twice in the way we were, to go on the pitch twice, to interview people. And, you know, I couldn't buy the experiences I have had. And I love it. And I just love the football club, as you know, Freeze. And I just want us to succeed at everything that we do. And uh, so we'll go back to the programme. You've seen some changes in the programme as well, haven't you? While you've been doing that, it's been bigger, smaller, loads of photographs, loads of... I mean, I, I do not envy you doing that because I know how many emails you used to send out a week chasing people for copy, etc. Yeah, the chasing's hard. I mean, I don't chase so many people now. The hard bit now was they, they went to a designer this year and the designers made it even harder work for me than when I was designing it myself. Uh, but uh, but that's another thing that we'll, we'll change. But yeah, in programmes... I mean, I've always loved the program. I mean, Steve Middlesbrough was my first heroes. You know, when I was about ten or eleven, he was editing the Morecambe program. So, we, you know, every every credit to Steve and then Martin Shaw and Sean in between who did it did it all because it's it's hard work, and I love it. And I hope the club keeps it going. I know a couple of clubs have stopped them, but then a couple of clubs have stopped them and brought them back. So I know not as many people buying these days, but yeah, I do love it. I do love having something in my hand like that that we can show. And it, it, is, it is hard work. It's a lot of hours, I must admit. Each programme takes me about 40 hours overall. Uh, but we're, we're in a good place now. You know, We get some uh, some great coverage and some, some great stuff. We've got a full-time media team that help out as well. So, yeah, it's massive. You know, I love it. Yeah, you say you love it until you, the fixtures come out and then you think, oh, God, we're, we're at home on a Saturday and we're home on a Tuesday night and you've got two to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it is tight. You know, like every... Every second Wednesday, I can't go out because I've got to make sure it's done. Uh, so, yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. You sign up for those these things and uh, you just get on with it, don't you? And uh, it's great and hopefully people still buy it and still enjoy it. And, you know, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to point out that obviously, you know, people think, oh, Derek Quinn, he's got it easy. But everything you do, you know, I'm trying to give you credit for it here, but you're not willing to take it. That's fair enough. In, get, that case, in that case, the programme's crap. There you go. How's that? Is that I'll right? he, he certainly has half work chasing people up for, uh, people for up. words. Because I've well, had I think, a few ones. The thing is, I've, you know, I've got a full-time day job. It's it's a big job in NHS. It's tough. You know, it's 10-hour uh, days. Driving to Southport, there and back every day. So by the time you yeah, get To old, where? Southport. You mean Southport? Yes, that one, yeah. So driving Southport, back yeah. Day. So, you know, they're 10, 11 hour days, and to go back and do the program, it, it does hard work. But it's, it is a proper labour of love, as is the commentary and as is everything else that we do. The, the, probably the good thing is you've got a very understanding missus, and you 
you probably find when you stop doing all this and spend time with her, she'll actually hate you. <laughs> probably will, yeah. She probably want me to go back out and do it, go and do it for uh, AFC Fire or Ren Rovers or something. Just get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, the else. The goal, the goal, the Neil Warnock, Roy Hodgson, cliche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, fi- final thing for for Quinny here, and I, I know, I know this has become a a, a bit of an issue because people often say, you know, and, and I see it myself. You know, uh, you do an interview with Derek uh, every week uh, after the game, and lots of people say, "Why does Quinny not ask this? Why does Quinny not ask that? Why do you not do that?" So it's your chance to explain, you know, what your remit is when you're doing the Lanks thing. Well, you'll sort of see, if you look close into it, the first question is always a very open question. You know, there's no, it's not a set question, it's a very open question. What did you think of the game? So you're not saying that was rubbish, Derek, that was that was brilliant, that was fantastic. What about Amy? It was awful, they were rubbish, weren't they? Yeah, just put it out there. very. And it's all to do with the clips that you can get. So you've got some clips for the radio for the day and then week after. So. You do the, the open question about the game, and then that largely that's it about the game that you just had. Then you're looking forward to the next game. You usually ask about one individual, how they did, so they can get clips from that during the week about the individual. Then you get clips about the next game. If there's a game on Tuesday, you know, what, what about that? So then you've got clips for the, the next game from that. And if there's a certain issue, Tim Padfield will probably ask more of the questions in the, the pre-match about things than I would ask after a game. And sometimes, you know, emotions are high and, some managers, you have to sort of gauge the room as you go on, you know. And I've seen some young journalists in the past. You know, I saw one many years ago to Mickey Adams. When Port Vale, they won promotion that year easily in League Two. And his first question was, well, you should be beating teams like Morecambe, shouldn't you? And Mickey <laughs> totally flew at this Radio Stoke reporter. You know, and I don't want to be the victim of that. because, And he was right to do it as well because that's just pure arrogance. And... You know, and that's the although Charlton's manager came out and said exactly the same thing last week. <laughs> well, yeah, he did, but he wasn't asked. He wasn't asked you should be beating teams like no. that. It wasn't me saying to Derek, Oh, you should be beating teams like this. Because that's just arrogance on my part if I said that, I think. And uh so I just give him the chance to have a very open question. And you know, you don't really want to fall out of your manager unless unless you're really, really in a in a position where things are broken down. And, and that luckily for me, that never has it, Mark. We've 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 been they've been good. No. And I, and I, I think it, I think it's important for you to sort of you know explain that that you know quite rightly radio banks are looking for sound bites, aren't they? That they can use through the week, and that's why you ask what you ask. Yeah, and every now and again we'll ask you know you know you've lost seven in a row away from home now. You know what's that down to? It's, so instead of saying you're rubbish away from home, you you sort of ask the question and you couch the same question in, in a bit of a different manner. And I think that that's how it how it normally works. And it, it, it's funny because uh, you go back to <laughs> Jim Bentley. You ask Jim an open question, and you get twenty minutes, don't I'll you? I've got to make a broom. I won't <laughs> even know for most answers. Funny because the video I'm now, I'm still there. <laughs> I know Jim. Jim was famous for his uh, his non-brevity answers. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and uh, it always used to amuse me because I've been thinking. I, I always think, oh, I've got two or three questions, and I was like, and by the time we finished speaking, I was like. A, I've forgotten what I wanted to ask, and B, I think he's answered it anyway, so it didn't really matter. So there you go. Um, so moving on, thanks for that, Quinny, and thanks for coming on tonight. I really do appreciate it, and so does Joel, because obviously we haven't had your... I, I, I want your take on the season as a whole now, because obviously we are where we are. It's pretty obvious, you know, we're in a situation where, yeah, we need to win the last two games and all that, but 
looking at the on-field and looking at the off-field, uh, we were we seem to have been in a higher division, but have stepped back to the sort of crisis club that we were maybe three seasons ago, don't we? Well, I did say that a few weeks ago that despite two years in League One, we seem to be back where we were, mm. as you say, a couple of years ago with the the off the field things. And I'm sure we'd all, you know, whatever league we're in, we just want to be, you know, a solvent club with, with backers and you know, in a in a good place. We're probably not quite there at the minute, as as we all know. There's the, you know, we're not quite sure what's happening, and I'm hoping that gets sorted out. And it needs to get sorted out for everybody as soon as we as soon as it can be, because you know it's no good to anybody being where we are. And it just seems a bit of a shame that you know, we've had those two years in League One, and you know we've not moved on with that off the field stuff as much as anyone of us would have wanted to or would have liked. But you know. Freeze, let's let's be honest. When we first started watching more from from the two hundred people with Grass Bankins, if you mentioned we were playing Derby one week, Portsmouth the next, yeah, you're right. People would have laughed at us. You know, that, that's the truth. The, the the younger fans now, because because I'm old, you know, there's people watching now who weren't even born when I started covering Morecambe as, as a journalist. You know, I've been there since I was eleven. I've been there for forty odd years, watching Morecambe play football, and for me, you know, it's just a silly dream, Andrew. There's not a, not a heaven in hell's chance I thought would be ever be in League One. So no. I'm, I'm loving the dream. You know, it it's hard. It's really, really hard. And if we can stay there for another year, which I hope we can, hopefully then we can maybe build on and take that next step. And that next step might be, let's finish 17th for next year. Yeah. And, that's, I, that's I, and talking of the season, and I've mentioned it before, I'm a little bit disappointed because I expect it to be down in that bottom third. But Cheltenham are no better than us. I don't think Port Vale are better than us. MK Dons, it's probably the worst MK Dons team I've ever seen. Oxford mm. were poor. Ferris Green were poor. You know, there's, there's teams around and about us that are no better than us. And and I'm thinking, if Jake Taylor had scored at Portsmouth, if Cole had scored at Portsmouth in the home game when we're 92nd minute and we had three against two. Yeah. But I'm sure elsewhere, everywhere else, they'll all be saying the same. Everybody will be saying exactly the same. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, uh, you, you know, you take on the off-field stuff because obviously what's come out today is that um, the club have released a statement saying that Saab Jot Joe Hall has, uh, has guaranteed the wages for this month because obviously we're at that time again, we're at the end of April, um, which is, it is a positive, but people will be asking, uh, Joel, people will be asking, well, is this, you know, <laughs> is this another uh, episode where he's putting money in... Uh, vicariously because he's uh, he wants to buy the club. I mean, he's don't get me wrong, he's doing the right thing. He is doing the right thing because he's guaranteeing the wages. And obviously, is that Jason trying to... I don't know, it's difficult to tell. And we know for a fact, you know, that, 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 that uh, the, the, the people in power do listen to this podcast. So, um, you know, it's good that Sam Jot's done that and it is a positive because we're not going into two crunch games with no wages, Joel. Yeah, I mean, obviously, to, to quote the wording directly, they've uh, made a, a further significant contribution into the club this week that enables the team to focus on key games ahead of us. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's one of those where, look, obviously there is some cash to burn. Otherwise, the money he wouldn't have the money to put in. At the same time, if it's there, why can't you prove it to the EFL, you know? It's just... <laughs> If it's like you know that that that's the issue and that's the holdup and you know if 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 it's there and it's legitimate it can be proved to the EFL then great you know let, let's get this thing going and 
But at the moment, this kind of dynamic of, you know, goodwill, loan, I, who knows what, I don't know what the structure of, of, of these payments are, obviously, but it, it's not really a sustain. How long can it go on for, really? And it's good, like you say, that the money's been put in this month to help things along. At the same time, really, this business needs resolving which whichever way, and you know, you just you just it's just frustrating that if there is money there, then why can't it be it, it be? Why can't the the, the EFL be test be passed? And it, and it is frustrating. So yeah, hopefully that just I keep saying again, you know, hopefully there is a a conclusion reached to that quite soon. Well, I do. Think- it's just to catch what I said before. Is but I think the infrastructure of the club is much, much better. In a, we're in a much better place. You know, I think Ben Ben Saddle and his team. I think they've done a really, really good job. And I think like Michael O'Brien and the team that he does, they're in a far better place than they were. That club is busy yeah. every day now. The work it does for the community now is growing and growing all the time. So there are yeah. so many positives to the club behind the scenes as well that sometimes get forgotten about. It's just as Joel just said can we just get this ownership sorted out and then we can move forward and move on than everyone together? Because more can we, we've done it all together over the years. There's been such a togetherness to get us to where we are. Yeah. Any backward steps I would hate to see, but you know, sometimes you have to take a backward step to go forward again. But as long as everyone realises that the behind the scenes work continues and there's some great people at that club. And I, and I think, um, like I said, we'll probably touch on this in the last podcast of the season. Because we know the outcome of what league we're going to be in, but it is important that we are in the highest position that we possibly can be. Because, as it's been uh, delicately put this week, uh, Derek Adams has, has uh, guided us to our highest position ever in the football league, and that was last season. And if we survive again, it'll still be, you know, um, we if we manage to finish one place lower, it's still our second highest position ever. Um, but obviously, we all want that stability that we're craving. We all want uh, owners who are going to come in. And, and I don't want it. I, none of us want, you know, I mean, it'd be great if it was, you know, Hollywood stars coming in and doing what they're doing at Wrexham. But when all said and done, you know, somebody who's going to come in and, and settle the ship and make sure we have a decent squad uh, and we back the manager in whatever's going to happen next season, that's all we can ask for as fans, surely. Yep, definitely. Just get someone in there who will help solidify the club, take it forward, and uh, let's get some stability again, like we had for the past couple of years, mainly. It would be nice. Uh, Joel, have you got anything from the Trust before we sign off? Not too much. Just uh, obviously, a lot of people have asked for it, and yes, it is happening. The flag will be uh, the flag will be out on Saturday, which is uh, good. Nice to be able to tell people because it, you know, it's 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 been very very cool. I know, unfortunately, uh, the people actually, you know, doing the hard work making the flag go around don't actually get really get to appreciate it quite in its full glory. But you know, it looks amazing, and yeah, it's a great way of getting getting the atmosphere up. I, I, I imagine there's a player coming to Morecambe and seeing that for the first time. You think, but yeah, I didn't know they did that here. So uh, yeah, it it, it uh, I'm I'm reliably informed because I've seen the pictures. It does look magnificent, but. I'm usually underneath it, so I can't. <laughs> so I can't see it. But no, yeah, it does look fantastic. So yeah, that that should be out on on Saturday. So yeah, that'll be really good, and hopefully we can really ramp the atmosphere up. Well, the only thing I can say is obviously thanks to thanks to you, Cunny. Thanks to Joel for coming on as per usual. I'm sincerely hoping that we're in a situation where next week 
we will still be talking about the fight for survival. And um, I just I just wonder if we are in a fight for survival. I wonder if Ben's planning, to, if he's got Traveller's Choice on, on speed dial, trying to get a few coaches together, because... I'm sure if they if if, if, uh, if they put a few coaches on, we'd fill quite a few to go to Exeter. And as we know, should we need it, Exeter uh, Exeter have sold out their home end, and they're wanting to sort of like partition the away end so that they can have some of that. But obviously, if we're still in the dogfight, it could be we might be taking three four hundred down there. You never know. Uh, let's hope we're talking about that next week. Mm. And before anybody tells me. Uh, uh, I know it's the wrong badge behind me. <laughs> I know it's the old cartoon prawn, as people uh, like to call it. But um, I, I switched my Mac on at eight o'clock, or rather I didn't because it blew up. So I'm on the iPad and didn't have time to change. The, the last time I used this screen setting was probably about two years ago. So uh, it's because I'm on the iPad. So sorry. It's the old badge, but it's more up to date than some. So this has been ShrimpNet number... Uh, I don't know. Joel can put that in later. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, get yourself down on Saturday. Cheer the lads on. And fingers crossed, when we next talk, uh, we will be talking about uh, Coach Loads of us going to Exeter on the final day for, for the final battle. Fingers crossed. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.